Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening to this episode of this podcast, and we'd appreciate, as always, if you guys would share this episode of this podcast to those around you, those who are doing sidewalk ministry, who would be a blessing, um, who this episode would be a blessing to. And um, we encourage you guys also to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast service that you use we would certainly love to hear um, some positive reviews, and um, we'd like to hear some feedback from you guys on these episodes. What episodes have been a blessing to you? What subjects have we covered that have been a tremendous blessing? What have um, what have we missed? What have we not covered that you think um, would be a blessing for us to cover? We'd love to hear from you, so we'll give our email addresses at the end of this episode so you can reach out to us. But um, let's let's jump into our subject, Vicky. We were just talking before we started recording, and um, and kind of you know, looking at subjects and things. We have a few topics that we're going to cover in in some other episodes, and uh, but this episode we're going to kind of wing it and really go off of a situation that you had yesterday right. with a mom who yeah. was at the abortion center. And talk through that situation because this was a situation not uncommon, actually. I mean, maybe a little, a little uncommon in that it was more intense than some of these situations are, some of these conversations are. Um, but the spiritual warfare component is is a reality in what we're dealing with. Like there's spiritual warfare, um, but I think the kind of the main marker of this conversation, why we wanted to talk about it, is because there was an intense and and pretty. Um, uh, I guess, long yeah. conversation yeah. that had a lot of spiritual warfare. There's just evidence in that conversation for what you explained to me um, that like, okay, some, some demonic stuff is going on behind the scenes and some truth from God's word needs to be spoken to counteract the lies of the devil that are being spoken into this mom's life. And like, I don't know. So you just lay out the scenario so people can kind of enter into that conversation with you. And then we'll talk through the different things that came up and, and hopefully we can empower and encourage those who are listening. Sure. And I, um, in the discussion that Daniel and I had prior to starting this podcast, I really like what you said, Daniel. And I think it'd be good as kind of a, a summary for them to hear um, as after, you know, before I present the the scenario. But what, what you said about when a conversation goes on, especially when a conversation goes on so long, I mean, it was it was probably three hours total. And you talked yeah. about how the moms are really wanting or looking for two things as they're engaged in this really long discussion with us. And I thought you nailed it, that that was what was going on in, in this yeah. mother. Yeah. So, and actually this came up yesterday. I was uh, in Ventura County here in Southern California and there was a dad out in front of the abortion center. He was in his car for the longest of times and I was calling out, trying to reach out to him then he got out of his car to smoke and he'd been smoking in his car. So it's like, okay, why did he get out of his car to smoke? And uh, then he started as I was continuing to call out and offer help and then share the truth about his baby and all that stuff. He started to call out pretty angrily. Right. And so he was pretty mad at me, 
but he still kept engaging and he still stayed outside of his car. And I told the folks that are there, you, you have to ask yourself, okay, he was smoking inside of his car. Why did he get out of his car to smoke? Mm. And, and I believe it's because even though he didn't want to hear the truth, he wanted to hear the truth. And the same is true of these moms that we minister to. There's so much spiritual warfare. There's so much confusion going on. There's so much demonic stuff going on behind the scenes in their lives. Yeah. And then, of course, there's God doing his work behind the scenes in their lives as well. That in reality, these men and these women especially are grasping for two things. They're grasping for justification to go through with the abortion. And they're grasping for a justification to leave the abortion clinic. So they're grasping that that whole battle between light and darkness, life and death is playing out in their minds because you see some things. It's like with that young man, if he didn't want to hear what I had to say, all he had to do is stay in his car. He could have turned up his music or whatever. I mean, it's not like I was being obnoxiously loud or anything like that. I would guess in his vehicle, he could barely hear what I was saying. And yet he got out of his vehicle and he stayed outside for a, not just for a few minutes. I mean, for a lengthy period of time, obviously listening to what I'm, I was saying. Right. And so again, these, these men and women, and that's why we talked about in some of our trainings, we talk about this. And I think we, I know we did a podcast a long time ago about this, about the message of forgiveness is that we don't want, as they're grasping for a justification to abort, we don't want to give them any ground for that justification. And so when we talk about, like, if to me, one of the worst possible things you can say at an abortion center is to a mom walking in or to a dad that's out there waiting on his girlfriend, if you abort this baby, God will forgive you. To me, that's like one of the worst things you can possibly say. Yeah. First of all, it's not necessarily true. Like, God's not beholden to anyone. He doesn't have to forgive anyone for anything. So the, the idea that God will forgive you, that somehow forgiveness is automatic, is not true. It's not biblical. Now, I think more biblically would be, you know, if you abort this baby, but you repent, God is willing to forgive you. But I still don't even think that's a, a good message um, to really bring, because they will grasp and they will latch on to that as justification to abort. Again, they're grasping for two things. They're grasping for a justification to abort. And they're grasping for a justification to leave the abortion clinic and not have the abortion. So, again, there's that that battle in their hearts and their minds that the scripture talks about, that battle between the flesh and uh, and the spirit. Right. That's going on. These these two things in their mind. And so, um, yeah, I think as we talk through this situation that you faced yesterday, um, that's obviously that's going to be evident to the people that are listening because it was evident to you. Um, but again, it's a it's it's a regular reality at the abortion center. Yeah, this, it this is and grasping, I, right? And I really really liked how how you uh, summarized those two things that they're looking for because I I had not labeled it, but that was those two things were going through my head the entire time that I was counseling this woman, and I was weighing everything I was going to say based on which how do I speak truth without feeding into that desire to justify, but how do I tap into that part of her that wanted to be talked out of it and be gentle enough that I, I don't drive her into the other side. (laughs) So, um, so I was really that it, I was very aware of both of those truths of, of what the woman was seeking. And I think, it, we could probably safely say that anyone engaged in a conversation, this took, this was three hours. Yeah. If that woman doesn't get up and leave or the guy doesn't get in his car and drive away, 
that battle is going on in them. And yeah, so absolutely. I think you don't give up. You don't give yeah. up. If they're still listening. Now, in the case of um, we have talked about if if it's where the abortionist is about to arrive and, and someone's listening and carrying on a long conversation with you and that baby's about to die, we do cut it off to kind of tell them, go back in there, go and get her out of there because the baby. Yeah, yeah, when we're talking about the man, right, of course. Right. But if, if you're with that just, mom, I'm going to I'm going to have a conversation with her till till the sun goes down. Exactly. Right? As long as she's not going inside that abortion center. But, yeah, with the dads, there's a sense of urgency that. You know, I'm not going to go back and forth with him forever on you know right. whatever it might be. Right. I'm going to always bring it around to go in there and get her out of this place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of kind of, of course, what you're talking about. But like you said, the fact that they're hanging around and listening to you is evidence, again, that they're grasping for something. They want to they want to latch on to something that really will either give them the power, the strength to leave that place, not have the abortion or go in there and get her out of that place. Right. Or that will say, oh, okay, well then it's okay that we abort because you know, God will forgive us later yeah. or it's not a baby or whatever kind of justification right. Right. they want to grab onto. Yeah. So, so the, the story is that um, she had actually left another abortion center just around the corner from the one where, uh, where our mobile ultrasound RV is parked and yeah. she left and the the counselor at the other abortion center she stopped for him she said she spoke almost no english but he was able to convey to her that we could give her free ultrasound and yeah. um did yeah just let, let, let me kind of paint that picture okay, as well sure. because in charlotte there are two abortion centers that are pretty close together i mean they're within five minutes of each other right one of them's on a busy road. That's the one that she was initially at. Correct. And then one of them is kind of the, the main abortion clinic where we reach out at on the Trobe Drive. If you guys that are listening have been out there, yeah. maybe to a prayer walk or whatever, you, you know what we're talking about. And just as a little side note, one of the things that Elijah, who's the guy who had initially reached out to her, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Does is he's got because the mobile unit stays parked at the Latrobe Abortion Center. He's got these little cards that have actually like a map and directions in English on one side to the mobile unit. And then on the back side, um, there's it's in Spanish so that they can get the turn by turn directions to get there, um, which is like, you know, kind of, again, side note, something good for you guys to have. If there's a pregnancy center down the road or whatever, to have just like some little cards or something that just have directions, English on one side, Spanish on the other. Um, it's a good way to get her over there. So anyway, you laid out the scenario. Yeah. I just wanted to, yeah. to so that's, bring that and, in. And that was really wise of Elisha to to think up that that would be a useful card. It's been very useful. But anyway, he yeah. called me and and uh, and said, this woman is going, heading over right now to the RV. Uh, she only speaks Spanish. So he knew I wasn't at that abortion center. I had actually just left him and gone home. So he knew I wasn't there, but he knew that I know our, our Hispanics or our Spanish speaking counselors. So I was calling, yeah. um, counselors that, that speak Spanish and, and calling the counselor who was there at, at Latrobe on the RV, letting her know we're, we're trying to, find a Spanish speaking translator for you. And it just so happened that a guy that, that we've trained, but he just has such a busy schedule. He never shows up. He happened to be there just by 
chance, uh, air yeah, quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> and um, his name is Henry, and he's Hispanic. He speaks Spanish. So um, we don't normally have a guy come on, but if you know, if if there's no one else that speaks Spanish, that's a woman to go on the uh, the RV or the mobile ultrasound unit. Then then we do. So so we send Henry on, and I found a one of our women counselors who would be able to to speak by phone during the ultrasound itself in the back room because obviously Henry yeah. would could not go back there and to complicate matters there were three women that wanted to go on the rv simultaneously two of them were hispanic and only spanish speaking henry happened again to be there that day so i advised probably in retrospect not wise advice um i told uh our counselor mandy just take take them both on the two Hispanic women at the same time, because your job yeah. is. And these are two ladies going to the abortion center um, from, I mean, they weren't they coming didn't know each with other. each other. Right. They didn't know each other. <laughs> so they were moms going into the abortion center and just wanted to go on the, the mobile ultrasound unit at right. the same time. Well, so, yeah, and, so and both presumably, both had presumably chosen life. So I'm thinking, okay, it's also towards the end of the morning. And I'm thinking, I yeah. don't know how long the nurse can stay, how long the RV driver can stay, or Mandy herself, the counselor could stay. Let's let's do the smart thing and, and counsel the two women together in terms of giving them a mentor, sharing the gospel. And, of course, they would go back for the ultrasound itself individually. Yeah. Um, I had no idea that one of those moms was the situation that, that we ended up facing. Otherwise I would never yeah. have recommended that. So it's chaos on the RV. I'm not there. Um, although partway through the, they, they counseled the first woman. She was, she was very, she was on board. She had a um, really, really desperate situation, but she truly had chosen life and, um, yeah. and was overjoyed to see her baby. And so she's being counseled back in the back room while she's getting the ultrasound uh, by the nurse. And Mandy has had begun counseling the person that Elijah had sent over with the help of Henry, the translator. And she texted me and said, this is one of the hardest hearted people I have ever spoken with. I've said everything I know to say. Can you come help? And yeah. that rarely happens. So I knew, oh boy, this is a, this is going to be a rough one. So Mandy had been counseling her at the point. I said, I can be there. Yes, I'll, I, I'll go in the, get in the car right now, but it's going to be 25 minutes before I get there. Can you keep her there? Mandy said, I'll try. She had already been there an hour. Um, yeah. by the time that I would have arrived, she would have been counseled already for an hour. So, um, I'm, <laughs> uh, I arrive. And use my limited Spanish that I, I do know some because I'm taking Spanish. I'm using Duolingo. For all of you that, that counts a lot of Hispanic women, I recommend Duolingo. Great program, free. And I, I knew enough that I could introduce myself. I could say, how are you? And I could even understand parts of when she was saying how she was feeling. So, yeah. um, and I thought that was actually, again, the whole way over, I'm praying, just, I knew this was going to be hard. I, I had no idea what I was going to say and just prayed, Holy Spirit, fill me. I, give me the words. Um, because Mandy is a great counselor. And if Mandy's feeling like, I don't know what else to do, then, um, 
I knew this was, you know, intense spiritual warfare yeah. going on. Yeah. So um, the uh, the woman had uh, already told Mandy she didn't have a problem with resources. There were two men in her life, one either a husband or ex-husband, one the current boyfriend, both uh, wanted to help. Both told her don't kill the baby. Wow. She had people in her life that could uh, help with resources, even before we offered any. Um, she had other children, but she just she just kept saying, I don't love this baby. I don't want this baby. I want to abort this baby. I don't know why. She kept saying that. Yeah. Well, um, she kept saying, I don't know why. I don't know why. She kept saying that. I, I don't know why. And she did say that she said that a lot to Mandy, a little bit less with me. But at one point, after I'd been counseling her for about an hour, she she again said, I don't know why. And I and I was pretty blunt. I said, well, I'll tell you why. Um, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And you are not resisting the devil if you are still entertaining the idea of abortion, you are giving Satan a, a foothold and yeah. he will continue to give you the this terrible thing you don't want to do as something you should do. You need to slam the door shut on abortion, resist the devil, and that's how he will flee. Um, yeah. But so... Henry was wonderful, um, faithfully translated everything that that I said. And I knew that the development of the baby had been heavily discussed already with Mandy, as had... Now she was, uh, from what I remember you told me, she was pretty far along in her pregnancy, right? right? And, and resources had already been discussed. She was 25 weeks. Yeah. Now, knowing that, that's why she left. Now I understood, because... Um, Elijah thought she seemed really amenable to the ultrasound. And I asked, yeah. well, she said she was abortion minded. And he said, yes. And I said, well, then why'd she leave? And he didn't know because he couldn't speak to her. He didn't, you know, yeah, sure. so, but that's why she left. She couldn't get the abortion. 